Happy Veterans Day! I wish all the veterans out there the best, and I give you all my thanks, because I know you people have sacrificed a lot. You've sacrificed so much that I'm able to do this stupid little podcast, and I really, 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 really appreciate it. Okay, So let's go into the news. The Supreme Court has a huge case tomorrow, and it should be a slam-drunk win for Trump. Uh, there's a big oopsie for ABC and CBS. We'll see how they're going to react, and it might take a few days before they figure that out. Kamala Harris not only jailed everyone when she was attorney general for California and was not sorry about it, but now that she can't jail criminals because it's not criminal to be a criminal anymore, she decides she wants to jail your kids. So let's see how that works out for her. And finally, San Francisco is using Orwell's greatest anti-hero to control the people of San Francisco. I'll let you guess what the subject is. How dare you? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, so things aren't going well for me today. I am looking at the biggest upset of the year in my fantasy football league. And Russell Wilson is not doing it for me. I need a lousy nine points, and he has done nothing in the first quarter. So if I get really upset today, I start sobbing online. Uh, It's because I am going to get extremely embarrassed tomorrow. So let's go to the Supreme Court. Uh, Finally, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, which is DACA, will be heard by the Supreme Court uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. DACA was an executive order implemented by Barack Obama back in 2012 and gave legal status to 700,000 illegal aliens. Well, I mean, that's what we think there are, but whatever, who came over before the age of 16, basically brought over by their parents. Uh, Obama, the Obama administration justified it by, by justified this policy by, uh, it being non-enforcement of so-called dreamers as an exercise in prosecutorial discretion. That's an important statement. And we're going to go over that statement a little bit later. So just hold your panties here. That's kind of a big deal. And this is why the court should rule 9-0 on this. This is that simple. Trump, as an election promise, said he would end the program like he would end programs like this and he signed an executive order doing it ending actually ending daca that is not there's a little bit more to that he didn't do that in spite of barack obama it was because the democrats didn't actually do anything with daca which is exactly what he wanted done essentially trump did what i've recommended in past podcasts Trump wanted a secure border, and then Trump wanted a way to figure out how to keep the people who were not criminals in this country in this country. He didn't want to eliminate DACA. He just wanted Congress to come up with a plan that would enable DACA and make the border secure so that once DACA was legal by Congress wouldn't allow, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to cross the border looking to become 
DACA secured. That's a kind of a huge problem. When Democrats didn't do this, Trump said, okay, he's going to repeal the executive order with another executive order. Remember that. We're going to talk about that soon. And then the dreamers will be changed back to illegal alien status. Now, I kind of have several thoughts here. The first is that what Obama did was essentially illegal. He really overstepped his authority as president. Congress made the immigration laws. They said that you were illegal, and it didn't matter what age. You were an illegal alien. And by the way, illegal alien is the legal term. So let's not... No, illegal immigrant. I don't know what an illegal immigrant is. You're an illegal alien. You don't have papers. You don't belong in the country. You're an alien. An alien is defined as one that is foreign to this country. My girlfriend is a resident alien, which means she's an alien to this country, but she is legally here. She's known as a resident alien. Let's stop with the word word changing, the word migration, or whatever you want to call it. King Obama, with his pen and on his own authority, decided to tell law enforcement to ignore the laws created by Congress during the Bush administration. Now, this had a huge backlash because suddenly cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco, Baltimore, Chicago, Boston, they all decided to say, yes, we're going to do this and we're going to be called sanctuary cities. Because here's the problem. ICE, not a bad group, but ICE is meant to enforce federal congressional law and they didn't stop doing it. And they didn't especially stop doing it when President Trump took over and said, no, we're not going to stop doing this. Go do what you have to do by the law for Congress. I'll get rid of the DACA thing. We're going to get more into that. Here's the other problem, and this is why it should be 9-0, because this is going to affect future presidents, including Democratic presidents. Trump has every right to cancel an executive order by writing another executive order. I That's what they're for. They're not law of the land. A, a president's executive order is not law of the land. That's something we really need to Understand, when Congress makes a law, the president, if he signs that law, it's a law. And then you have to create another law that basically kills that law. So the President Trump, if Congress makes a law, let's say George Bush makes a law, which he did on illegal immigration. George, only Congress can kill the law by George Bush. This is why what Obama did with DACA was illegal. It was completely illegal. And it's been, it's actually been ruled on as illegal by several federal federal courts. And not just federal courts like uh, Bush appointees. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the most liberal court, said he couldn't do that. And they will do anything a Democrat does. There should be a 9-0 vote on this. It'll probably be 6-3, to three, maybe 5-4. to four. But here, here's, the, here's the really weird thing about DACA. 
The really weird thing that Democrats are forgetting about and the news media has completely forgotten about. I just want you to listen to this because then you really get to see what the Republican response is to DACA. We're cracking down on sanctuary cities. Can you believe this? Where they protect. That's another one. Because we want our cities to be sanctuaries for law-abiding Americans, not for criminals. And by the way, the Senate Democrats and the House Democrats have totally abandoned DACA. They've totally, they don't even talk to me about it. They have totally abandoned. You know, we get the reputation like DACA, it's not Republican. Well, let me tell you, it is Republican, because we want to do something about DACA, get it solved after all these years. The Democrats are being totally unresponsive. They don't want to do anything about DACA, I'm telling you. And it's very possible that DACA won't happen. And it's not because of the Republicans. It's because of the Democrats. And frankly, you better elect more Republicans, folks, or it'll never happen. I hate to tell you, he's right. And most Republicans, most conservatives believe in this. We're not stupid enough to believe we're going to be able to deport 20 to 30 million people. Are you kidding me? And I'm conservative. I'm libertarian. So we're not, we don't believe in that. And no one wants to send a child back to Mexico when he or she has been in this country for most of his or her life. And the only thing that, that he or she did was be dragged here by the parents. No one wants to do that. And the reality is if those parents aren't criminals, no one wants to send the parents back. Obviously, they've been here a long time. They've done something right, right? Why is it this thought that everyone is evil? And the reality is most of the dreamers, which is what they're called, they do work. They get educations. They are productive in societies. And a lot of it is because the Mexican culture is actually quite conservative. And so they follow a certain set of norms. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This has got to be done by Congress. You cannot, a president, in this case Obama, cannot create a law that Congress that conflicts with a law that Congress already created 10 years earlier. You can't do that. That's a president overstepping his bounds. And that's why this whole um, Supreme Court thing, it should be 9 nothing. President Obama didn't cannot create law. It's Congress that creates law. Obama can only sign law in. And Trump's the same way. That's why executive orders can be overwritten. And, and by the way, here's a newsflash. Trump has been overriding Obama's executive orders for the last three years. Why is this one a big deal? It's got a backing. It's got a support. I, I'm reading a great book right now uh, called uh, The Resistance at All Costs. Uh, and this is The Resistance. Legally, Trump did nothing wrong. And legally, Trump's going to win. Um, and the big problem, 
people are the resistance is going to have is that the Supreme Court, even Sotomayor and Kagan, are going to have a hard time sitting back and voting against Trump. And th- there's another reason, because this could backfire them, backfire on them in the future. Trump's not the Trump is not going to be or I'm sorry, Obama is not going to be the last Democratic president. Remember that nuclear option? That was a Democratic idea. The Republicans used it all through the judicial process, the uh, election of ju- uh, judges. They've been using it through the federal judges. They they used it once through the Kavanaugh hearing. I think they actually might have used it through the Gorsuch hearing. Democrats really need to learn something. And here's the problem. As much as I hate Ginsburg, I'm not a fan of Kagan or Montemayor. The reality is they're realistic. They know what their decisions mean, which is why they're the smartest. So things could get very interesting. Uh, we got a big oops by ABC and CBS. Let's get, let's get this from the beginning. The identity of the, quote, whistleblower, end quote. And I'm going to put that in quotes because, uh, yeah, it's quotes, right? Uh, was exposed um, and that basically was exposed. She was exposed. Well, <laughs> quote, she, end quote, was exposed. Now, to give you a little back, a little backstory, this was when um, Jeffrey Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein's story was discovered by ABC three and a half years before it was actually released and ABC just stuffed it. They destroyed it. And then the whistleblower released a hot mic tape where the reporter, Robach, uh, I can't remember her first name, but Robach actually said that she had the story, she had evidence, and she had interviews, and ABC flushed it. That tape got released. Well, ABC found out who actually had last access to the tape, they assumed that that person was actually the whistleblower, and they decided they found out that she actually moved on to CBS. They contacted CBS. You might say colluded with CBS. CBS immediately found the gal who was a producer for one of their morning shows named Ashley Bianco. 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 Well, Bianco interviewed with Megyn Kelly and was adamant that she knew absolutely nothing about the release of this tape, and she was not the whistleblower. Listen. Was it me? I'm, you know, I'm not the whistleblower. I'm sorry to ABC, but the leaker's still inside. You know, it's not, I never did any of that. I may have accessed it, but I never, never leaked it. I never showed it to anyone. I didn't talk about the situation outside the company. That clip was from uh, Fox News by the way, Tucker Carlson specifically. So, have you heard that it is almost impossible to prove that you didn't do something? Okay? So, in other words, the reason that that the prosecution has to prove that you did something 
is because it's almost impossible to prove that you didn't do something. Okay, I didn't do that. We'll prove it. I didn't do it, so how do I prove it? I, that kind of thing. Well, guess what? The proof of this gal's innocence just wrote a letter to Project Veritas, who actually was the genesis of the story. And he was explaining himself. Oh, yeah, there's a couple more issues that ABC's going to be dealing with, I hope. The source was a man, and the source is still working at ABC News. Now, if you go to Dumbasses Talking Politics, you can read the entire letter. I'm just going to give you parts of the letter, and I'm going to uh, talk about why that letter is actually, why that part of that letter is actually important. So, to my fellow man, that's important because that says that he's a man, and chances are this guy is sick of the shtick with the women are victims, blah, blah, blah. And, and by the way, that's a conspiracy theory thought. It could be a woman. Maybe she's trying to trick the world, which wouldn't be that hard. Hard, But it's still something. you got to look at it. So the assumption is that this is a man. I did not and do not seek any personal gain from the information, whether it be financial or otherwise, and will always decline. When I became aware of this moment... I had the same reaction as many of you did. Anger, confusion, sadness. I care not about petty political quarrels and only hope for the best of all of us. In other words, this individual is also extremely young because there was this conceptual value that this individual actually had. And the leaking of this tape, or the for him or her that actually saw this tape, it was like, oh my God, this is, this is kind of messed up. This isn't right. This isn't what I signed up for. In a second section, that was basically a summary statement. In a second section, this was to the wrongfully accused, which was the fired, quote, whistleblower, end quote. It is terrible, quote, it is terrible that you have lashed out at Lashed, uh, I am actually reading this correctly. It is terrible that you have lashed out at by the company. I know some may put burden of guilt on me, but my conscience is clear. The actions of the company towards you are a result of their own and not anyone else. The public outcry from coast to coast of all people, creeds, and political affiliations is clear. I have not one doubt that there will be support for you and you will have a prosperous career, for neither you nor I have done anything wrong. Okay, so if you're not clear who that was to, that was to that Ashley Bianco, who got fired because of what he said. And... Um, uh, you can tell this person's young because the grammar was kind of iffy. Uh, and by the way, I copied and pasted the grammar. This is uh, this is from, I think, Daily Wire. Let me see who this is from. Um, yeah, it's from the Daily Wire. So they're pretty good with that stuff. 
so this is you can tell this person is really young. Now notice that this person is not apologetic to the person who got canned. He or she basically said, you know what? This isn't about politics. This isn't about anything. It's about right or wrong, which is a good thing. And uh, ABC, CBS messed up. And now it's going to be, she's going to reap the benefits. In other words, I think he or she is kind of pushing this gal toward a lawsuit. Now to Amy Robach, this was the most interesting part of this of this letter. To Amy Robach, you are the only person deserving of an apology. I, I am most certainly in, uh, sorry. I'm sorry, the kind of weird thing. Not for my actions or for this to center around you, but for what is clear to have happened. When I first stumbled across this, my initial reaction was outrage. But this soon turned towards empathy. I cannot imagine doing all this hard work to only have it shelved. If for the past few years have taught us anything, it is that truth that some of us have endured. It is the truth that some of us have endured many hardships in the industry. From the spiking of stories regarding prominent and powerful people in this world and to yours, I believe you are an outstanding reporter and have done such tremendous work in the community as well. This is the only part that I actually read, end quote, by the way, this is the only part I actually read in full. In other words, this poor gal, she busted her chops, she got the story, her career was derailed. This story would have changed her career. And no one cares. They just threw it away to hide something. Finally, to ABC News. And again, I'm going to skip a lot here because this is kind of long. Not really long, but I, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I, like many, are at a loss for words on how this has been handled. Instead of addressing this head-on like the company has in the past, it has spun into a mission seek and destroy Innocent people that have absolutely nothing to do with this are being hunted down as if they were sport. Ellipses, because I'm skipping ahead. I went to Project Veritas for the sole reason that any other media outlet would probably shelve this as well. I thank them all. And James, I don't know who he's talking to there. I may have to look that up. I didn't... Oh, no, James is the uh, head of Project Veritas. Excuse me. I thank them all, and James, for seeking the truth. His conclusion goes like this, and I know I'm saying his, but I'm going to assume mm. it's... Something went wrong. Try again in a few seconds. Frickin' uh, Google is trying to uh, actually spy on me. That's okay. I'm not even going to put it on. I never said Google or anything else, but anyway... The conclusion is this. We are all human and mortal, creatures of mistakes and redemption. 
The road to redemption favors no soul. Sincerely, Ignatus. In, in other words, anonymous. Um, you know, I, I, besides it being really flowery, that's what it was. It sounds like almost a, a, a an Oliver Stone movie that someone would say some of this. Um, it, it's really bad writing. It's really flowery writing. I would never write like this. I got a feeling that this person is really young and really just virtuous and believes in what they're doing. That's great. I, I, I tell you what, I appreciate this person. I have no problem with that. Um, I love the ignotus at the end, the little Latin thing. That's kind of awesome. Uh, but yeah, it, no, it's not exactly deep throat kind of stuff. So, <laughs> but whatever. Great, great letter. And you know what? This gives Ashley Biacco quite a bit of opening here. Um, Biacco should sue the living crap out of ABC and CBS. She's 20 year, 22 years old, did nothing wrong, and her career is, for all sense and circumstance, over. She's done. She'll never get hired anywhere else. Sue them for nine figures, and she'll probably get ten figures. So I, I got a feeling that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, but it, I, I think... Wow, could you could you honestly think of anything more dramatic than this stuff? I'm definitely going over the Dave rule today, but there's just so much to talk about. So hopefully I can... And the last story is really short, but I just cannot ignore the last story. So let's keep going. Um, Kamala Harris, who you know, may not know, is running for president of the United States, is trying to get some attention. The problem is <laughs> most of her presidential candidates have come up with such radical ideas she can't seem to catch up. So she decided to come up with another bad idea, albeit original, but still a bad idea. So Harris has decided that she wants to extend uh, the school day for children at public schools from 8 to 3 to 8 to 6. She wants to do this to help working parents who require finding childcare so that they can do their jobs without having to pay extra. According to the Huffington Post, uh, the Family Friendly Schools Act, which is what it's called, would create a pilot program distributing about $5 million per city or $1.3 billion overall in funding 500 elementary schools over the next five years to provide enrichment programs. Remember that. We're going to talk about that. Enrichment activities to students that extend past normal school hours. That program would then be run for five years, evaluated in the five years, and if it was successful, expanded, which considering who supports this, would be successful and would be expanded. The program, unsurprisingly, is supported by the American Federation of Teachers Unions, because if unions get more money, they do well, and the National Women's Law Center, which I it's women, more women are teachers than men, so yeah, whatever. Kamala decided to tweet, quote, I raised... 
I raised a single, I was raised by a single mother. I know firsthand how stressful and costly it is to juggle work and school schedules. Justice for students and working families is on the ballot. My Family Friendly Schools Act will give parents more after-school opportunities for their children. Okay, there's some keywords. First off, uh, the the keyword justice for students. What exactly does that even mean? <laughs> Making kids stay in school for an additional three hours is justice how? I guess our kids don't hate schools enough, so let's give them more? Personally, I think that if we provide justice for kids, we should have them either A, homeschooled, B, give parents a choice, an opportunity to go to homeschools, or excuse me, go to charter schools, schools that are not set up by edict, or three, eliminate, uh, or three, get rid of these teachers' unions. Fire the crappy teachers, replace the crappy teachers with honest teachers who would probably accept the same pay, and move on from there. Our kids in public schools cannot read, write, do math, or understand science. How is that justice? There's one thing our children are getting well enough of, and it's that of social justice, a sense of entitlement, and a lack of discipline that people need in order to survive in the real world. I doubt that the, quote, education the children get through these, quote, enrichment, end quote, programs is nothing more than the indoctrination that schools do already. I know kids in public school, and I'm not going to name names. These kids understand climate change and gender differences. They can even name the different pronouns. They but here's the thing, they can't construct an understandable English sentence. They can't multiply, they can't add. They don't know what a cell is. Here's some homework for you. Don't worry. You don't have to do it. I, I'm suggesting you do this. It's not going to be really hard. As a matter of fact, it's not going to be work for you. Listen to people when they speak. And this is throughout the day. It could be at home. It could be you're at the bar, whatever. Listen to how people speak and count how many times they end their sentences with at, with, or for. The worst part about common speech today is that one always ends their sentences in a preposition. Hey, 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 where are you at? That's not English. Where are you is English. And we can sit back and I can give you examples as why you don't end the sentences with that. I, I do it all the time. 
it bothers me. I am an English major. I'm an English literature major, which means I read lots and lots of books. And I know how to speak. But here's the thing. That's because I spent high school and college learning to do it. And they forced me to learn how to do it, even if it meant embarrassing me in front of other people. The reason I know the difference between T-H-E-N, then, and T-H-A-N, than, is because a teacher embarrassed me to the point that I had to learn it and understand it. But hey, let's go for more. How about math? Next time you're at a restaurant and before ordering, ask your kids to listen to the orders that the family gives. And guess, they can have the menu and guess the amount of the bill. And by the way, of is another preposition. That's actually a preposition. So if you enter sentences in an of with an of, that's a bad sentence. And play with them too. You guess, right? You're the parent. You're paying the bill. You guess too. Bet you win. Here's the thing. That's not good. They should be adding faster than you because they learn faster. Your brain slows down after years. And make sure, yeah, don't include tax there. But see how close they actually get. For an extra exercise, extra credit, have them calculate a 15% tax with the total. That includes tax. See if they can figure it out. That's being a parent. Here's the thing. You beat your kids. You beat your kids. No, I don't mean literally hitting your kids, but if you beat your kids in these little competitions, okay, eventually your kids will beat you. And they'll beat you badly. That's a good thing. That means you were the right teacher. Here's the problem. This is why the schools tell you not to do this. Because they believe that self-esteem is something that should be taught. No. Self-esteem is only granted through accomplishment. Self-esteem by someone telling you how great you are is just a drug. It's a high until you screw up. Until you screw up. It's terrible. Oh, and I think I've talked about this before. There's another thing that's really bizarre. Failure? Failure. Screwing up. Making mistakes. That's a good thing. Because it teaches you. It teaches people. Don't make mistakes. There's nothing wrong with mistakes. Let your kids make mistakes. It's a good thing. Okay, last story. And I'm a little bit above time, but that's okay. We're actually in really good shape. And this one is kind of fun because San in San Francisco, Big Brother is watching. Uh, this is, I'm, I, I, I read this story from Emily Zanotti. Zanoda, whatever she is, Zanotti, I think is what it is. 
from the Daily Wire. I subscribe there. You should too. It's great. You always should subscribe to places you like to listen to, but you should always listen to places you don't like to listen to. But this place gives you some really great things. Um, so I'm going to give you this quote because it sums it up best. A massive mural, quote, a massive mural of teenage activist Greta Thunberg is going up on a building in downtown San Francisco in order to force citizens of the Bay Area to think critically about their contribution to global climate change. I don't like her word of force. Don't do that. That is... But she's right. That's essentially what it is. I'm going to say things about a 16-year-old right now that may not be popular. And I don't care. So I'm going to keep going. I'm not even going to stop. This little girl, this Greta Thunberg, is vile, insulting, uneducated, and arrogant. I know she's 16. I don't care. If she can point to me in that how dare you speech, screw you, I'm going to be critical. I will give her this. She's emotionally abused and probably believes everything she is saying. Her cowardly, overdramatic pseudo-parents have indoctrinated her and are probably making a mint off of her. So she, so maybe my criticism is not dictated at her, but at them. The little girl suff, the little girl's not normal. She suffers from autism and OCD. So her, so when you look at her face, she doesn't look. She looks kind of strange. She's got the bulging eyes. They droop. That's the autism. She's got the lips that always look like she's in a permanent frown. And those lips, by the way, from autism. Even when she smiles, she looks like that. But this 30 by 60 foot, and, and, and the OCD means she's probably more encourageable. She can be manipulated easier. But... This 30 by 60 foot mural spanning 60 stories on a building makes her look really creepy because it's so realistic. It actually does look at her. It looked like her. But creepier still is the stare on the mural. It's reminiscent of the movie released in 1984 called, wait for it, you guessed it, 1984 based on the book by George Orwell's big brother. I think the difference is this time it's little sister. What's sad for me is that San Francisco is lost. Not only are they putting an effigy of big brother for the same reason Orwell creating created the inspiring image to scare us from totalitarianism, but they used a 16-year-old mentally ill foreigner. They can't even find someone from this country to use. 
because they hate us. Let's break that down. They use the 16-year-old because the youth is the future and we should feel guilty for screwing our future children, our children. I don't feel that way. Sorry. That's because being deficient mentally makes her a victim. Now, she's white. She's straight, supposedly. She's not transsexual. She doesn't have any of the intersectionality qualities or identity politic qualities, except that she's mentally deficient. I'm not going to call it retarded because that's considered bad, but she's mentally deficient. So that is her intersectionality, intersectional quality. And then that because she's from Europe is because she's European and Europe is so much more awesome than the United States. It's really just disgusting. I am disgust. When I read this, I was like, I'm disgusted by it. It is completely disgusting. I do have a question, though. The guy who painted this mural is from Argentina. What a shock. The guy who's painting a mural isn't even an American. Because Americans are bad. We can't paint. So, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure they couldn't find a liberal in America to, to paint this whole thing. But here's the question about him and his motivation. And we know what his motivation was. It was money. He's getting paid. He's not doing this to because he's trying he's politically correct. He's doing this because he's a capitalist and he wants to get paid and he knows he's going to get paid. Okay. But if he was doing this because he was motivated by climate change, didn't he think maybe this Big Brother thing would have worked or would have been more valuable in a place like India? Where they can't land their planes because of their thick because of the thickness of the smog? There's so much pollution. Or that people can't leave their houses because they get sick just breathing the air? Maybe Greta would have been better there. And then maybe Greta could have taken, I don't know, a pony trip to India instead of taking a pony trip and then a boat trip to North Carolina in two weeks for another student climate activist exchange. Nah, it's so stupid. Oh, I hope you enjoyed tonight. This You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I do a lot of research on this stuff. So I've got full videos. I've got all the links. The links today came from the Daily Wire, the Huffington Post, um, uh, there was a couple others. I don't remember what they were, but they were kind of obscure websites. I also have a great article from the Federalist concerning, um, 
the Senate trial for impeachment. I think I'm actually going to talk about that one because it is awesome. So go visit my website. I've got great pictures. You want to see the mural? You want to see that in comparison to the big George Orwell's big brother from the 1984 movie called 1984? Go visit that website. You can download or listen to this podcast at uh, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Podcast Addict, or YouTube. This is Gene, and you've been listening to Dumbass Talking Podcast.